Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for my family. Give us this day our daily bread. Please watch over us. Protect us. Keep us safe as we travel. Make us healthy and strong. Be with our kids today. Help them learn and grow into godly young men and women. Thank you for your word. Help us know you more every day. May we never take for granted your beauty and your creativity. And for those who are hurting, who are hungry, or lost, or helpless, bring hope, send rescue, and let my work today answer to someone's prayer. for the Lord and not for human masters. Now, I referred to this scripture three weeks ago when we began this series, Don't Waste Your Work. And if you missed it, you can visit uh, our website, centennialroad.com, and click on the sermons tab and uh, review any of the messages in this series or in any other series for that matter. Well, welcome to church. So glad that you're here. Welcome online. Glad you're listening. Welcome in person. Glad you're here. It's exciting to be together. Uh, the big idea of the first message was that we are created to build. We are made in the image of God, our creator, and thus we also have that inclination to create. We're likewise made to create, to work, to build, to steward creation. And I asked the children that day what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I discovered that my four-year-old grandson wants to be an astronaut. I did not know that. The bottom line of that day was that whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. And then in week two, we looked at protecting our mental health. Good health helps us work with all of our heart as unto the Lord 
with maximum effectiveness. And Julia Wodo was here and she shared one of the things was the positive domino effect. That when you look after one area of your life, whether it's physical health, emotional, mental, or spiritual, automatically the other areas improve because you create some bandwidth, you create some space, um, some room and some energy for addressing the other areas. And Julia offered many other practical helps as well to protect our mental health. And then last weekend, Pastor Jason relayed how important it is to know our identity in Christ. That our identity, it's not found in the things that we do, nor is it found in the people that we know. It's not found in our work or our relationships, but rather in God's definition of us. And when we right-size our identity, according to God's definition, well then we're set apart so that uh, the work of the kingdom of God can uh, go forth and be impacted. And so today I'm going to be closing out this series uh, with your work is redemptive. God's design is that our work brings a positive effect to the world. Now when we're not focused properly and are rather building our own personal kingdoms, that can wreck our efforts in building God's kingdoms. We pollute the results of what God is after. So I want us to look at the Tower of Babel as an example, as an illustration. It's found in Genesis chapter 11. We're going to look at verses 1 to 4. It says this, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Now, to not be scattered over the face of the whole earth in this context here is essentially to defy God's instruction to his people. From Genesis chapter 1, let's quickly look at verses 27 and 28 of Genesis 1, where we read, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So God's plan right from the beginning was for mankind to work, to fill the earth, to subdue it, meaning to steward it, to look after it, to create and build. Um, they were building in the Tower of Babel days, but not for the purposes of God, for the purposes of taking care of the world, not that people would make a name for themselves, and certainly not that people would build their own personal empires, but rather to fill the earth with God's glory through our work. I want to ask you, have you ever felt so occupied? You've been so busy building your own personal kingdom that you have absolutely no time or energy left to do any work for the Lord, any energy left for building God's kingdom. So let us reset our priorities. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Now, one author says this, if we extrapolate to that kind of selfishness, 
Then we see humans using their gifts and talent to build and create for their own pleasure and gain. We see all the nations of the world turning their backs on God, whether it is a salesman who sacrifices everything, including his marriage, for success, or the black marketer who traffics humans into the sex industry for profit. Both are examples of modern-day towers of Babel. Now, it is very clear to us that the drug trade, the porn industry, and human trafficking are fields of industry that are not interested in pleasing God. They are far away from God's plan and design for humanity. And all throughout history, God has been calling people back to his ways. From the Tower of Babel, way back in 2200 BC, to when James wrote his book in uh, around 45 AD, and, and all throughout the centuries since. Let's look at what James was dealing with. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Let's skip down to verse 6. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And skip down to verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. The remedy for self-serving, for trying to make a name for ourselves, is humility. Now, I like action steps, and so I'm entitling this action step number one, adopt humility. You want your life to matter? Be humble. You want to fulfill God's mission? Be humble. Do your work, all your work, whatever it is, as unto the Lord, and he will lift you up. He will show you favor. And whenever you might feel that spirit of self-sufficiency or arrogance rise up in you, pray something, you know, like this. God, I humble myself before you. I am your servant. It's as simple as that. And then trust him for his direction, for uh, his course correction, as it were, that comes from heaven. God's desire is for heaven to come to earth. Think about it. In the prayer that Jesus taught, uh, the very first part, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bringing the two together. Our mission is to be about building God's kingdom through our work, through our actions, through our words, through our behaviors, building God's kingdom, not our own. And we are really not about making a name for ourselves. Uh, there's this gentleman, N.T. Wright, who's a modern-day theologian who wrote this. The created order, which God has begun to redeem in the resurrection of Jesus, is a world in which heaven and earth are designed not to be separated, but to come together. And in that coming together, the very good that God spoke about over creation at the beginning will be enhanced 
actually, not abolished. And so now, we are collaborators. We are participants together with God in bringing renewal to our communities through our work. Now, I want us to watch a video here about how one company is doing that. When James pulled our group together and we started talking about, you know, all kind of, many of us had worked together in different capacities, but when kind of pulled us together and talked about, hey, we're all passionate about being excellent at what we do, about process, about people, we can, we can do this thing. We really focused on the quality and really wanted something better for our clients. They were paying a lot of money, not getting the quality, and then we also knew the, knew the problems that the employees were having, which is the construction market can be a rough, rough trade. We decided, hey, we can do this, we can do this better. We can provide the quality, we can provide a good place for the employees to learn and uh, develop new skills. Being in the electrical trade, you have four years to be in the field of on-the-job training to become a journeyman electrician. And with that, we support a four-year apprenticeship program. We're always hiring people to come into our program, and we like to bring people in that are completely green, don't know the trade, so we can train them in our process. With that, we were starting to donate, spend time with different charities. We realized that they had some candidates that were coming out of their program looking for jobs. And so that's where we decided, let's test this out. And uh, we started this pre-apprenticeship program. So the guys come to us from some of the varied programs. Not only are they learning everything, they're kind of putting their lives together too. They learn their tools, they learn what, the, what it takes to go out on the job site. And then when we send them out, they're ready to go. They're ready to be a part of Wayfield. It's really been just giving these guys just an opportunity that you, you care for them. And you, you, you say, guys, I got you 40 hours. I got you health insurance. And um, they've never had that opportunity before. So it's, it's just rewarding. Life has its challenges and things kind of change. And uh, ended up uh, getting a felony. And uh, it's kind of hard getting a job as a felon. As an addict, um it's hard to, to get back into society and reintegrate, to get with a good company. It's a tough road. I bumped my head quite a few times, uh, got some drug charges, uh, some DUIs, and um, honestly, I don't think that I'd, I'd be here with such a, a great future ahead of me without Wayfield. I just bought a house, literally a month ago. Um, you just paid off my vehicle. Um, you know, things are, things are looking very positive. Just they're ready to make a change in their life. You see that switch where, hey, I've made some bad decisions in the past, but this company believes in me and they're giving me a future and they're investing in me when a lot of people wouldn't hire me before. Um, it's kind of this, you see it click. We've got 300 employees right now and you equate that out, there's you know, 600 people that we're, we're affecting and we're affecting families. You know, God gives you different giftings, and if you have that business gifting and you can excel within business, you can capture a big audience. Being in that position where you can have an area of influence um, and affect people positively is really powerful. For us, it's kind of evolved over time, figuring out what is our culture going to be, who are we going to be. You know, we want people to do well here. We want them to retire well. Uh, we want them to feel like they're a part of something bigger. And so setting that vision and what are we doing in the next five years? What's our role or responsibility in the community? How are we serving? How are we giving back? We're all blessed with all these talents, you know? How do you do something bigger than build a building?
I view that the workplace, everybody spends time there, right? So many hours a week. And so how can you make a difference by um, being consistent and showing people just in your actions that you care and can be present with your time? Because um, I think when you build relationships, then that's when people trust you and you can talk a little bit more about your faith, what you believe in. And with all the connections that we have, um, focusing on giving back and serving and connecting with community groups and charities, it takes it to this other level. So we're affecting families, we're affecting community groups, and it starts to build on each other. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Now, not a lot of us have our own companies uh, with 300 employees, right? Where we can offer felons and addicts and ex-cons uh, a chance to uh, improve their lives. Some of us are still working from home because of uh, uh, isolation. We're isolated from everybody. But the reality that the woman in the video spoke about, Carla Nugent, uh, was this. We can make a difference in the lives of others, in God's mission to others, and her words, by being consistent, showing people in your actions that you care and can be present with your time. Focus on giving back and serving. It takes it to another level. We're affecting families. It's a beautiful thing. And that brings us to action step number two. So remember, number one is adopt humility, and number two is this, give away some time. So even this week, give time away to somebody. Offer help or just even a listening ear. Give some time to someone this week. And my final point is this. God changes the world through our work, whatever that work might be. So do not underestimate your influence in the workplace. Do not underestimate your part in bringing good news to those who need to hear it. One author said it this way, our work should be for the common good of the community we live in. Now, we may think of certain jobs as having more impact on life than others. Teachers educate children, and doctors save lives. And if you grew up in church, you might think that the only way to serve God is by being a missionary or a pastor. But all of work is worship. All of it is. The construction worker built the road for the ambulance to get to the hospital. The accountant makes sure the books balance out so the business can pay people. Technicians and factory workers build the MRI machines that help diagnose problems. And his final point, in the sovereignty and providence of God, all work has a sacred part to life. Let that sink in. So whether you are a mechanic or a grocery clerk or a cashier or a student or a retiree or a stay-at-home parent, whatever your work, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Let that be action step number three. I know it's a scripture. I know it's Colossians 3.23, but it's worthy of being an action step. Number one, adopt humility. Number two, give away some time. And number three, whatever your work, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Amen? Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, help us to understand that our work is redemptive. Give us eyes to see it and give us faith to believe it, Lord. 
Show us evidence of you working in and through us, I pray. We want to participate in your mission. We want to be partners with the creator of the universe in bringing hope to people around us. We want to be about building your kingdom, not our own. And so we humble ourselves before you. We give you our lives afresh this morning and we say, do with us as you please. In the great name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.